Hey guys, welcome to Lauren.Live. I'm super excited for today's guest. I have Asia Fadlon and she is a hypnotherapist and I was lucky enough to actually have a session with her and I plan to have another one as well. Um, but I'm so excited when she said yes that she wanted to be on, on the show uh, because it's a really interesting topic and I'm still learning a lot about it. I know there's people that are familiar with it and then a lot of people that don't know about it and that's why I wanted to have you on the show was just to you know, share this with people and and let people know that um, this can either help them with different phobias or different things that they're going through. Also past life regression, which is what I did. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into the uses and why people do it, but um, I just think it's something that isn't talked a lot about and enough about at least. And I think people are going to find this really interesting. So I want to dive in and just get started. Asia uh, went to the Hypnosis Motivation Institute and she has had her practice for about a year now, but she's been doing hypnosis therapy for hypnotherapy, excuse me, for years. So, um, Thank you for being here, Asia. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Oh, I'm really excited. Um, let's just, let's dive into it. Um, let's do I mean, it. I think some people might know, but uh, you know, some people don't know. So can you just kind of describe like, what is hypnotherapy? Yeah. Yeah. Probably the number one question I get asked, even I asked it too, when yeah. I first got into this, like, what is it actually, you know, because there's a lot of misconception about hypnosis, what it is and what it's not, you know, and I always like to start with what it's not, you know, in a way, right? We think of hypnosis as the stage hypnosis shows, right? Someone comes up on stage, the hypnotist snaps their fingers and someone's barking like a dog, right? That's usually what people think about or, you know, the clock, mm -hmm. right? Yep. With the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> All that is is not really, really what it is. You know, the stage hypnosis show there, it's fun. It's for entertainment. There, There's a level, there's a degree of hypnosis, but it's not what you would see in a hypnotherapy setting. So there's a big difference between hypnosis that you see on TV and in a therapy session. And so hypnosis itself is, it's actually a natural state that we all go in and out of many times throughout the day. So we've all as a human race have been in hypnosis before. We just don't realize that that's what we call it, right? As hypnotherapists. And the perfect example is right before we go to sleep at night. So it's that stage, you know, when you're kind of drifting into sleep, you're not quite asleep yet, but you're not really awake either. Maybe you're laying there and you're, you can hear things in the background, but you have no desire to open your eyes whatsoever, right? That kind of in-between state. That is the perfect state of hypnosis. And another, another time is um, when we're driving, right? You never Have you ever had those times when you're driving, Lauren, and you're like um, kind of zoned out for a moment? And you're like, wait a minute. I, I just I just passed my street. I've been I on it like a million here? times. Yeah. Right? It's got a scary, that happened actually. To me day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect example. So, you know, we're not asleep. You know, we're not in some magical state. We just kind of our minds become really hyper aware about whatever that thing is that we were thinking about and everything else kind of just zones out. And so as hypnotherapists, we basically just guide you into that state, that natural state. And since your mind is more hyper aware, it's more likely to take in suggestions that are going to work for you or to get you towards your goals or whatever it is that you really want to work on releasing fears, phobias, um, and really gain access to the subconscious part of our mind, because that's really where all of 
that's where all the stuff is, right? That's, that's, that's the juicy part of the mind. And so that's really what we do is work on the subconscious part of the mind. And um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's magic. It's not magic, but it can work like magic. Totally. Okay. And so like, just to kind of break it down for people that are kind of like, well, that was a lot. Um, It's kind of like in a way, like you're saying with the driving thing, it's almost like when you're in a daydream, like a lot of us do that throughout the day you're super focused on one thing, but you're not really aware that you're doing it. It's kind of like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And there's many names for it. You know, athletes, they call it in the zone, right? When you interview an athlete, you know, oh my God, that was the best play you've ever done. What happened? How did you do that? I I don't know. I was just in the zone, right? We hear that all the time. That's true. Yeah, so that's another example. Yeah, and then again, just for certain people that maybe aren't as familiar with some of of our jargon, like subconscious mind. So conscious is when you're conscious of what you're thinking and subconscious is kind of, would you say it's kind of, in the back of your brain and you're not really like, how, how would you describe that? I guess for people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's another common thing too, that, you know, we hear these words and sometimes we don't really understand them. Right. So our conscious mind is basically where we're talking right now. Okay. That has all of our logic. It has all of our reasoning our willpower. It's where we analyze things. We make judgments about things. So kind of that, you know, analytical part of the mind, right. Where we're trying to figure things out. Right. Um, Researchers say that that part of our mind, they don't know the exact percentage, but they say it's around 10 to 12% of our total mind power. Um, Some say it's even less. If you're familiar with the work of Joe Dispenza, he talks about it's, it's really 5%, which when you think about it, really not that much, right? So the rest of our mind is made up of the subconscious. And the subconscious doesn't think the same way. It doesn't have that logic, reasoning, willpower. The subconscious only knows what's familiar, okay? So it doesn't know the difference between, you know, good or bad or right or wrong. It doesn't analyze it in that way. It just says, this is what's familiar. And everything in the subconscious is everything that you've ever learned in your entire life, right? All of your emotions, your memories, um, things you like, things that you don't like, your preference, your values, your belief systems, those are all stored in the subconscious. And think of that as like autopilot, right? That's kind of just, it happens because it's known, it's familiar, right? right? We're not really aware because it becomes familiar. Going back to driving, a great example is you know, when you first drive a car, right? The very first time, you know, maybe 16 years old, you're in your car and it's, it's new to you, right? It's like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I got to put my hands on the steering wheel, you know, make sure all the mirrors are in the right place. And you're very, very in your conscious mind because you're figuring it out, right? And so then what happens? You do it over and over and over again. Now what happens when you get in your car now? You don't even think about it, right? It's because it became subconscious. It was a subconscious behavior. You can get in your car now and it basically drives itself, right? We're talking on the phone, we're eating, we're, you know, texting, which we shouldn't be doing. But we can do these other things because that has become an automatic Mm -hmm. kind of autopilot behavior. Right. But then it's kind of trying to figure out how to say this. You're not necessarily conscious about the subconscious. So like if you're not thinking about driving, but you're doing it. And so the whole idea would be, we want to tap into the subconscious because we're not conscious about it. Does that make sense? Like that's the whole point, I think, with a lot of things with spirituality. I know that you're kind of spiritual. Mm -hmm. People can see that when they go on your website. And obviously that's a lot of the stuff that I talk about on this podcast is becoming more conscious. And that's why Mm -hmm. I wanted to do the past life was to, to tap into the subconscious and make it a you know, current reality in the consciousness that I'm in, in this realm. And so 
it kind of gets tricky, but I think that's one of the main things we do here as spiritual beings is trying to tap into being more conscious, which can also mean you're working with the subconscious because a lot of traumas can live there, phobias, mm-hmm. past life stuff that we may not be aware of in this life. And so just to kind of break it down, it's, it is interesting to kind of really be conscious, but then you want to tap into the subconscious to make it, you know, it's, it's oh, like, yeah. a, it's like yeah. an infinity, but Absolutely. It relates to one another. And I think it's really important that we kind of like touch on that of just like, you know, we got to be conscious about the subconscious because we're not right. A lot of, there's a lot right. of stuff going on that we're not even, we're not aware of. Right. You're absolutely right. And you know, a lot of times these things get programmed, right? We hear that word a lot, especially kind of in the spirit of all oh, these, this, these subconscious programmings, right? And it really is, you know, because we're not aware that they're running the show. Right. right? And it like might um, be affecting something in this life, but we're not sure why. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where a lot of fears come. A lot of phobias can get developed that way because of that programming that, you know, and most of these things we learn from childhood, right? Between usually between the ages of zero to eight years old, we're so highly suggestible at those times because think about children, right? They're learning everything for the first time, right? So if their experience is let's say for the first time is a negative one that's going to impact all the choices going on in the rest of their life. Same with positive ones, right? If our first experience of love is a very, very positive experience, we're, that's going to carry on to all the other experiences after that, right? Yeah. yeah. So do you find when you do readings for people um, that either oftentimes traumas, either positive or also good things too, um, situations and events come up from childhood or past lives. And that often relates to something that someone's experiencing or struggling with currently now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would say nine times out of 10, it's usually from childhood. Yeah. yeah it's okay. usually from childhood. Um, it's not always so obvious. It's not always so evident, you know, but the great thing, what I love about hypnosis is when you start doing these sessions, you know, if, if, if it's something that somebody really, you know, wants to focus on and, and really kind of dive into, it uncovers in the best way that's meant for them, right? They'll ne- we'll never kind of guide them into something that they're not ready for, sure. right? Because the mind's, if the mind's not ready, it's not ready. Right. And that's, right. you know, we do have to respect that in that way. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, so kind of, we talked a second about this earlier, but, um, you know, what are some of the reasons that people do it? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just list, you could list some of the most common things that you see people for, and even some random things that maybe people had no idea you could treat through, you know, hypnosis. Sure, sure. I think the most common thing and that, you know, what what people hear a lot is is smoking, right? Quitting smoking. That's probably the number one thing that people reach out for hypnosis before. Um, weight loss is another one. Sports performance. I would say those are probably the top three biggest ones that are people are kind of just have heard of. Um, but I will say probably 95% of the people who come into my office are dealing with some sort of anxiety, whether they know that it's, it's an anxiety or not. And it's not anxiety, like in a diagnosable way, but anxiety around something. So it could be a fear. Again, it could be a phobia. Um, there's a level of anxiety around whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. And, and it's usually just, again, 
from those subconscious programmings that, you know, we just become familiar with that we have to, you know, these learned behaviors. But I always tell people, you know, if you learn this behavior, you can learn a new one, right? Or you can unlearn this behavior. We can, we're always learning the brain, the mind is so malleable. It's always available to learn new things. That's true. And I like that you said unlearn too, because that might be something that would help you is unlearning, you know, something that triggers your fear or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. And a big thing with that, like unlearning is like, um, you know, just giving an example of, you know, fear of dogs, for example, we'll just use that one. I've had a couple people, that one's a pretty easy one to, you know, kind of uncover because it's usually again, something in childhood and maybe a parent was really afraid of a dog. Mm -hmm. And so that got passed on, right? Oh, the child learned, oh, I have to be fearful of dogs, right? Even though there's not a cause, right? They never got bit by one, never had a bad experience with it, but that's what they learned, right? Right. So by going back to that, they can unlearn that, hey, wait, that's actually not my belief. That was my, that was my parents' belief or whoever it was. And I can choose a new one. Yeah, that's good. And I'll Mm -hmm. give, you know, an example of something that I had actually, I had a reading with someone else actually before we were introduced. Um, and I had a hypnotherapy session where I have um, kind of a fear with driving on the freeway and I'm still working on that to this day. Yeah. Um, we all have something, but um, of course, my mom had been afraid of doing that for a long time and she's actually kind of tackling her fear, which is really cool right now. But I think I, I didn't have that fear my whole life. And then it just mm-hmm. randomly a few years ago popped in and I'm like, what? But I, I think in that session, I kind of tapped into maybe I took some of her fear on, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, I just think that's really interesting to, in the, in the session, we did something where we kind of gave the fear back to her in a way, because it's hers, not mine, but I was right. like harboring that in. So when you were talking about like, if your parent was afraid of the dog, like that just made me think about that. There's probably a lot of people that aren't aware that some of the things they, they took on from like something oh, in their yeah. family or... Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and going to, you you know, your situation, you're saying, you know, you didn't have this fear for your whole life, but something might have triggered it, right? Where the mind now went back into your past and, and was looking for something the mind's always looking for what's familiar again, right? The subconscious always looking for what's familiar. So if you were facing a situation where maybe your fight or flight got triggered, maybe there was a reason for it, right? Sure. That response was what was familiar yeah. to you. And it's interesting, actually, I was in kind of a dazed driving uh-huh. and then I like kind of like came to and I'm like, oh my God. And then I started having that like panic attack. So that is, we were kind of talking about that daydreaming Yes. And I wasn't focusing on something that's pretty, you have to be pretty safe when you're driving on the freeway and then it came uh, through. But again, I've done that before. So it was really interesting. Wonder why it popped in mm-hmm. just suddenly. And this happens with people all the time. You have these new anxieties or fears that just pop in out of nowhere. Right. It's just weird yeah. how that works. All the time. And, and, you know, and hypnosis with that example, right? It's, you know, we as hypnotherapists, we all, we obviously use this tool for, you know, positive change, right. but it can work just the opposite, right? We can accidentally put ourselves in hypnosis mm-hmm. and hypno- hypnotize ourselves in a negative way, yeah, right? right? So when you're in that trancey state, whatever you were thinking about, maybe something um, was going on in your life or whatever, whatever you were thinking about in that moment probably kind of seeped into the subconscious and it related it to what was going on in your outer surroundings. So you're so driving, right? It had nothing to do really with the driving itself, but whatever was the response Mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. And it just shows the power of the mind. Again, like you said, we can do it in a positive way or things can creep in and kind of a negative way. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just shows the power. But the whole point of this is hopefully in a positive way, we're able to shift, right? So the yeah. power of the mind, the power of being conscious, the power of diving into the subconsciousness. That's why we're even talking today. It's just such a cool thing that this is such a neat tool that we can use to help people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And everyone has the ability to do it. You know, it's another thing people ask me all the time is, I don't know if I can be hypnotized. I don't know if I'm hypnotizable. I don't know if I'm suggestible. But we all are. Every single one of us are. Like like I said, we've all put ourselves in hypnosis, right. so to say, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if somebody is not open to the idea of hypnotherapy with a hypnotherapist, might not work for them, right? And that's okay, too, because... You can't make somebody do something that they don't want to, right? So like when people call me and they say, make my husband stop smoking. I'm like, it doesn't really work that way. (laughs) I wish I could do that. Um, But, you know, if he doesn't really want to quit or if this is not an idea that he's open to, it just won't work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you talked about that because... Again, like I just want to shed light on this isn't some scary like voodoo thing like you're exactly. talking about. Like I did it. I was very calm. It's a, in a way like, I mean, from my experience, it was a meditative state and you walked me through that. You were kind of like coaching me through that. You had some tools and maybe things that I wouldn't have thought about doing. Um, and it was very relaxing and interesting. It can also feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's gentle. And, you know, I think we talked about like if I if it's too much, like you can... I can signal that and you can get me out of it. And, you know, I think just, I don't want there to be a misconception on this. Like it's this crazy witchy like thing. It's, it's really actually peaceful, relaxing, and it can, can trigger things of course, for different people that are working on things that are hard for them. But, um, the idea is that it's healing and that you're Mm -hmm. here to support. And, um, one last thing I'll say too, um, you know, I think a lot of people think you're like in the zone, and like you're mm-hmm. stuck in it until you say like, okay, you're out with a snap. Right. But I could hear things like my baby was downstairs with my husband and I could hear it for a second, like the crying, but I was still in that relaxed state. So you're mm-hmm. still aware of things going around you. So it's not this like scary mm-hmm. situation, but you are in a very kind of deep, relaxed state for it to really work. I think, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you think about, you know, I always like to tell people to like hypnosis is really a learning state when you think about it, right? If you are under a state of stress, right? If you're under a state of constant anxiety, stress, is it going to be easier or harder to learn new things? Mm -hmm. Probably harder, right? Because your mind and your body, all this energy is going towards other things, right? Maybe survival modes, right? But if you're in a relaxed, calm state, the body's calm, the mind's calm. Now it's more open and receptive to learning new things. That's That's really all it is at the end of the day. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we kind of talked a little bit about some of the things, you know, like addictions, like smoking, Mm -hmm. obviously there's tons of different addictions, uh, different fears, phobias. There's a ton. I was looking on your website, tons of different phobias. Tons, tons. The list is Uh, endless. I know. (laughs) Um, And just different, you know, physical ailments. I was even looking on your site, it says something like skin problems. I mean, it's amazing all the different things. Yeah. So you yeah. Can- and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually how I got into being a hypnotherapist. Um, I was actually an esthetician for 15 years and that's what led me down. My path is becoming a hypnotherapist. It's quite the shift. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, I became an esthetician around, I was like 19. And I just, I loved beauty. I love the beauty industry products, you know, who, what girl doesn't, yeah. right? Um, but it wasn't until I was about 22, when I was working as an esthetician, and my skin, which would never, I never had problems with, literally just hmm. freaked out. I mean, if you were to see pictures of me back then, you'd be like, that's not you. Wow. But, you know, just Wow. Breakouts everywhere, wow. all, all over my face, right? And it may have dawned on me, I'm like, I'm an esthetician. I'm doing all the, the things I'm supposed to be doing, right? Products, facials, right. this, diet, whatever. And nothing's working. Actually, it's getting worse. So there's got to be something different here, right? And so that led me down the path of looking into the more holistic side of it. Okay, what's really going on in my life? And it made me take a step back of what was going on. I was under a tremendous amount of stress, not with a, you know, with a relationship, with, with work, th- a lot of different factors in my life were going. I was going through um, this, this, I like to look back at it and say a spiritual transition. So I'm very grateful for it. Um, but it really opened up my eyes to a lot of things. And so it took me a couple years to kind of get out of it. But the second I decided that I wasn't going to live like that anymore and let go of the stress, let go of the things that were stressing me that were outside of my control, literally my skin cleared up wow. without changing anything. I, I quit the job. I left the relationship. I started taking care of myself, did nothing different to my skin as far as products or anything, facials, none of that changed. And literally it, it was almost overnight. Wow. Like that's how drastic it was. And I was like, wow, this, th- there's something to this, obviously, you know? Yeah. And so that led me on a journey for the next couple of years. I did some traveling, did some other, you know, I was a makeup artist for a while and g- kind of just, you know, was finding myself basically. Um, and then I was working at a, for a company here in Los Angeles for many years, which I loved. And it just got to the point, you know, where I was talking to clients and I kind of hit a wall, right? Where, you know, I knew, I knew these things, these principles and these deeper um, kind of principles, right? Or, or beliefs that, that this, your mind has so much more powerful things than just products and mm-hmm. things like that. But it's hard to articulate, articulate that, especially when you're working in settings that don't support it. Um, and so, so yeah, I just um, found the Hypnosis Motivation, Motivation Institute. And I, it really just started off as a curiosity, right? Ooh, like, that's interesting, you know? And then that led me down one path to the next path to the next path that um, I got to to where I am today. So that's a cool, very grateful yeah, for that experience. That's a very yeah, cool story. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah, the power of the mind is incredible. Um, I mean, I talk about that a lot with manifestation or right. just like it's spirituality. And um, I mean, there are people out there that cure diseases and cure themselves of crazy things when doctors haven't been able oh. to help them all through meditation hypnotherapy, spiritual practices. So, I mean, there's definitely something to it. And your story is one of many, I'm sure, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, the body follows the mind, right? We all, we're kind of trained that it's the other way around, right? But it's really the opposite. It's, you know, a great example is with athletes. You know, you hear this all the time, like oh, a football player was in like the, the you know most important game of his life, you know, last play, and he's playing on a broken ankle and he has no idea. Mm 
He has no idea until the game's over, mm-hmm. right? He never felt pain. Yeah, that's insane. Right? Yeah. Or, you know, people that um, run marathons that are exhausted, mm-hmm. but a lot of them say it's a mental space. Like, you just do it, you go. You know, it's not just physical. It's definitely, right. there's a lot up here. Right. Yeah. I wish right. we were taught that more. You know, like you said, we're trained, and that's a lot of this podcast. I talk about that too, just like we're trained and kind of conditioned in our, our society and culture. And, you know, not to be negative, that's just we're doing yeah. the best that we can. But right. um, to become more conscious of this, that our mind is so powerful, the way that we think. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely more than just physical, like the athlete, or I don't know. I'm just glad that we're talking about this because. Mm-hmm. The mind needs to, I wish that children were taught this in schools. Like think how different our world would function if we, if we all could just tap into our inner deep self and we could change so much. Oh my gosh. I know. And children are, they're so open. They're so, so open and, and they can, right. And again, it's, you know, I think we were, um, I was listening to another podcast and I can't remember who it was, but they said something about, you know, we're, we're programmed to react mm-hmm. with situations, right? That's just kind of what we're programmed to. Um, but really it's about responding, right? Learning how to respond. And that's where the mental work comes in. Right. And I thought, I thought that was amazing. I was like, yeah, that's so true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I definitely want to make sure we, we talk about this. So I want to yes. get into this part of it. So as I said before, the reason that I uh, had a session with Asia was I wanted to kind of see if I had any past life stuff that I could dig into. I am a big believer in reincarnation and um, I was just curious about, you know, if there was anything that would come, you know, through. And so can you kind of talk a little bit about, and I'll share some of my experience too, just as like a real life example, but um, can you just talk about like the past life regression, like how it works and, um, I don't know if you want to share any cool stories. Uh, obviously, you can keep your patient's privacy, but if you have like permission to tell the story itself or whatever you want to share, sure. I think it's a really yes. interesting topic. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, and it's one of my favorite, favorite tools in the toolbox, I will say. I always tell everybody that. It's, it's so – it's just such a – individual journey too. You know, I've never had two experiences similar. Everyone has had such a unique experience for them. And so, you know, with past lives, you know, I think, I think everybody's like has a fascination with it, right? Because it's something that there's no evidence. There's no scientific evidence saying that this exists, right? You could call it an ideology. You could call it a belief system, whatever, if you believe in past lives. And, you know, it's not this necessarily that you have to believe in past lives, but just to be open to it or curious about it. I think that's really the only thing that's required for it. Um, but, you know, these these experts, right, who say past lives do exist. Um, one is uh, Dr. Brian Weiss. He's very famous. He wrote the book, Many, Many Lives, Many Masters. He talks about all the time that, um, you know, if these past lives do exist, meaning that we are a soul or a spirit traveling through each body, right? Our bodies don't last forever, but our spirits do, right? And so the subconscious is part of that spirit. And so it takes the memories with it to each each life, right? And so being able to tap into that subconscious, you're able to tap into those memories too. And so a lot of times what it can do is help release a lot of fears that maybe have absolutely no origin 
whatsoever. Um, an example of one, and I do have permission for, for to talk about this one from a, a prior client, is she had dreams that she was falling out of an airplane. And it was a reoccurring dream over and over again. She knew exactly where it was, um, you know, and it was the same thing. Over, and I said, you know, did you watch any movies? You know, just, you know, just sure. to say, nope, never watched any movies. She knew exactly. And she just had a feeling or a sense that it, it was a past life, but never was able to fully experience the death scene. And so when we, when we put her in hypnosis and we did the past life, she went right to that scene and was able to um, go through the actual death scene, go through the whole thing and take the lessons, take the experience, take the learnings from it to be able to release herself from, from that life. And not only did her anxiety went down, the dream stopped. Um, she was able to just feel lighter, feel happier. So she was so grateful. And it was, that was probably one of the coolest, um, experiences. Wow. Yeah. That I've her been a part of. Go yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dream went away. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. And that's in itself, right? That could be a whole nother episode of just studying dreams. But um, right. usually things are coming through for a reason, whether it's something that's happened in your current life or maybe in your past life. So that's exactly. a good example. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Really yeah. And, um, you know, and Dr. Brian Weiss, he talks about this a lot. And a lot of people who practice um, past life regression kind of all agree that, you know, because when you think about our mind, we think about our memories from this life, right? We don't see them from, you know, the, the third perspective. We're seeing it through our perspective of what happened at that time, right? So it's not a generalization. It's just what we, what we interpreted at that time, right? And so when we experience past life memories, it's kind of, it can be the same, but it's not always so linear, like you're watching a movie, right? Oh, this is what's happening. You're kind of interpreting through that, those memories, right? And sometimes it could be a, a combination of the actual memories. Sometimes it could be your own imagination. And sometimes it might be a metaphor, right? But it really doesn't matter if you think about it from the end of the day, because the experience that you're having is happening for a reason, that's right? True. And whatever it is, is going to take you to help you move forward in this lifetime. And that's really the, the goal of, of past life regression is to help you release things and to move forward right. with the learnings and the lessons in this lifetime. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, there are obviously theories, um, you know, with reincarnation that we often come back and are working on the same things until we can master it, if you will, or like, right. you know, get rid of a fear or whatever it may be. Um, so that's interesting too, just like karmic wise. And, you know, are you attracting the same thing in bad relationships over and over until you can figure it out or you have an addiction and then you come back and you have that same addiction. And so I don't know, like it's, it is, it's fascinating to think about. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And just, just the curiosity of it all is just, you know, yeah, that in itself, just doing it for the curiosity part of it is really, really cool. And, and it's interesting. I know with, with my own experiences doing past life, I've done many of them on myself. Um, but even with clients too, you know, we think we have an idea of what it, what it's going to be like or an expectation. And it's usually the complete opposite, right? I think I might've told you the story of my, my very first past life I did. I was like, Ooh, I bet I was like, you know, someone in the seventies, you know, this hippie chick. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like very drawn to that decade yeah. for some reason. And, uh, no, that's not the past life yeah. it took me into. <laughs> I was this, um, you know, fat, hairy Fred Flintstone looking oh man with these 
big, big hairy hands and feet. And I was somewhere it felt very like, I don't even know the Netherlands maybe wow. or somewhere um, very primitive, yeah. very, very, very primitive. And, you know, when I came out of it, I'm like, there's no way I, I don't know, just conscious when I was in my yeah. conscious state, I'm like, I wouldn't have made that up myself. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, where did that come from? That's true. <laughs> wow. And you actually had told me that when we were doing our little um, consultation, but do you mind sharing about the hugging thing? Cause that, to me, that makes it more, yes. maybe people that are skeptical that might make them you're like, oh, that is interesting. That could be more like realistic. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, the, the, it was a class I was doing when I did this first one and they said, okay, go to your family, right? Go see who your family is. And, um, I was in this little like hut thing. I had a wife and two children. And when my wife comes up to me, she hugged me the same way that my husband hugs me. Wow. So you're, it was the you're same a, feeling. Yeah. It was the same, just, um, I don't know how to describe it because it obviously didn't look like him, but it was the, the, just the feeling or the knowing, right? Um, now, whether, again, that's a metaphor, whether that that was actually him. Yeah, maybe, maybe we don't, Who knows? We don't know. Who yeah, knows? That's yeah. True. Okay. yeah, but it was really cool. It was so a really just cool. Just to break it down. So we have in your meditation, you were hugging in your past life, you were hugging your wife, but it's the same way that you hug your husband in this current life. So yes. just to kind of summarize that for people. And then this goes into a whole nother little thing of like, yeah. there are theories that um, we have soul families. And mm -hmm. I think I've, I don't know if I've talked about this before on here, but um, oftentimes people that believe when you reincarnate, you come back and are in a soul's life that you had been in, in a previous life. So if it's true, if, mm -hmm. or, you know, not true, but if that happened to be the same soul as your husband now, that could have been like a sign that it was right. So who knows? Absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really cool to, you know, have that idea, right? Yeah. Why yeah. not? And I've read in different books. I've, I think I referenced this before in um, one of my first episodes, I was talking about conceiving my daughter and I read a book called spirit babies. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend to anyone who's thinking about having kids or, or trying to get pregnant or whatever. But, um, he talks about soul families and oftentimes spirits that are wanting to come in, you've already been with them before. So if anything, it's just a nice thought, but, um, absolutely. I believe absolutely. In it, so if it's for the positive, it's okay with yeah. me, yeah. you know? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that little hug story. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was definitely one of the coolest Something ones. Where it just kind of makes you feel like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. It's very detailed too. It was, it was very detailed. Cause at first I was like, okay, there's my wife and then I'm hugging. And then I'm like, ah, okay, this is familiar. Yeah. I know this, That's right? Interesting. Everything else wasn't familiar, sure. but that, that, felt that is interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And so I had mentioned before, like, I'm, I want to do another session with you. I had a little technical issue in my, yes. it was my, my fault. My, uh, <laughs> my ear pods ran out. And so then I had to switch over to the, just the laptop and then I kind of got out of my zone. But mm -hmm. before that happened, I did tap into something and, you know, who knows, but it, you know, it just, I don't feel like I would just make it up. Like it, it was just coming to me naturally. And it is so interesting um, I was a woman named Abigail mm -hmm. and I was back in kind of a, not as primitive maybe as, as yours, but I would say like, I don't know, industrial revolution or something where, you know, it was a while ago. And I just remember seeing this guy that was like doing manual labor. Like, I don't know what those, like the iron Smith and again, very detailed, like he had muscles and I was attracted to him. And at first I couldn't figure out what the relationship was, but I think it was a love interest mm -hmm. and 
I think there was something where we couldn't be together. I don't know if it was like a social aspect, like class differences. I don't know what, what, what it was, but we couldn't be together. And there was this longing to be with him. Mm-hmm. And then we did, this is something that's really interesting. You had mentioned this before to help people heal from traumas or different things. Um, you always ask people, can we go to the death scene? Mm-hmm. And some people might be like, that sounds so morbid. But I think <laughs> the idea around it is, right, you you want to see how you died because if you're carrying any of that trauma in this life, like you can release it. That's kind of the idea. And so absolutely, I'm not sure, but I think I remember envisioning myself as Abigail dying on on a, you know, in bed, which wouldn't have been very, you know, you always see in the movies, like a doctor comes to the house and you've got like, diphtheria or something, but I think it might've been childbirth. I'm not sure, but that was what was kind of coming through. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, that was just one of my little experiences just to give, you know, people an example of little different lives that could pop up or, you know, right. Yeah. And, um, another example from a client who I have permission to, um, he went into a life it's somewhere in, in, in Asia, Southeast Asia, maybe. And, um, he actually was chanting, chanting in a language that he had no idea what this language was. And he actually had, didn't have a memory of it, but, you know, I record the, the, just the, the past life portion, just so people can go back and listen to it. And when he did go back and listen to, he was like, are you sure that was me? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you just never know what can come out. So really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also cool. Um, something that Asia does, and I'm sure other, you know, hypnotherapists do too, Mm -hmm. is they record the session. So if you are interested, if after listening to this, if this is piquing your interest and you want to do a book with Asia, um, she records it, which is really neat because when you're in the moment, you may not remember everything and it'd be, it's nice to go back and listen to that. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, from my other hypnotherapy that I did with someone else with driving, she told me to listen to that recording over and over. Mm-hmm. And there was a little meditation within it um, because that kind of retrains your brain. So I think it's really helpful to go back and listen to it, whether you're doing it for a current phobia or something that you're working on or a past life could also be helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. You, and you know, and you always get new information every time, right? Mm-hmm. You might, it's just all information, right? When you get some information, you might go back and find something new. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, when you read a book once and it was so good and then you go read it again and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't get that the first totally. time. Or even yeah. watching a movie yeah, sometimes. A movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I missed that, that part. It's kind of the same. Yeah, that's true. Um, so like, I mean, there may not be like a definite answer, but if someone does have something that they're wanting to work on and they feel like they've tried so many different ways and they're curious about this, I know you probably can't put like necessarily a number on the sessions, but Mm -hmm. what, you know, and I think it might depend too on how like serious of a phobia or how serious of an issue someone's working on or whatever pattern they want to break. But like how many times on average would you say you can give kind of like a rough average? Mm -hmm. Do people need to really kind of, start improving can it be once or does it usually you have to repeat you know sessions it really just depends I know that's like such a broad answer but you know everybody's different and everybody's situation is different I will say when it when people are doing a past life it's usually something um, obviously there's the curiosity involved with it but most people will do one 
two tops of those yeah. types of sessions if they want to go back to a life that maybe they want to explore a little bit more um, or maybe they didn't get as much detail as they wanted to that's that they can absolutely do but with a regular hypnosis session let's say smoking or fear of needles that's actually a big one now you know mm-hmm. um, you know it depends uh, I've had some people that really just were so ready to get rid of whatever this is that this fear this phobia that one session boom done right not always the case and there's no right or wrong it's not it's not a good or a bad thing it's just that worked for them right most people if there's an underlying sometimes there's layers Mm -hmm. to problems right it's not always the problem that's really the symptom Mm -hmm. um and so it's kind of like an onion you start peeling off these layers and you know it it takes some time to peel off those layers Mm -hmm. again you have to do it in a way that the mind that you're respectful to the mind and so when it's ready that layer will unfold. Um, So if someone's working, you know, if someone's just general anxiety, right, if they have social anxiety, something like that, um, you know, there's, there's probably more layers to that. Um, So I would say that average person does about three to six sessions, sometimes more, sometimes less, just again, depending what they want to work on. Um, But that's about average, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I had a question pop up and I'm trying to remember past <laughs> life thing. Oh, so, um, when people, maybe they have like a second session with you, do they mm-hmm. usually see different lives or do they ever tap back into one that they had like opened, I guess, in the previous session? I would say, well, both, but okay. I would say most of the time they go back to a life that they have previously experienced and maybe get more details or maybe, um, you know, relive something again that they maybe need more clarification on or more information on, but they will go into different lives and you can, and it's actually a little bit easier that way too. The second session, if they do want to go back into a life, they can jump right back into there. Um, usually pretty quickly. Okay. So, yeah. So I definitely can go back into like, if I wanted to try and go back and see more about Abigail, like it's possible to do that. Exactly. Oh, that's fascinating, actually. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I remember you had said usually you kind of try to limit it to about three in, in a reading unless, mm-hmm. you know, you're in one for a really long time because then it can just get a little overwhelming, I think, right? To Overwhelming. Yeah. It's kind of tiring, you know, yeah. uh, traveling back that, that yeah. far back yeah. in time. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to exhaust the mind too much. So that's usually true. cut, I usually cut it off at, at three. Yeah. Um, so one to three is average that people will experience yeah. in one session. Wow. That's really cool. And you said yeah. you can do it this on yourself, right? You've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where I can, you know, usually you listen to a recording or if I'm like already in the mental space to really guide myself, I can, um, you know, and, and everybody experiences it differently, right? Like we, we were saying, some people see very vivid images, you know, some people actually only hear things. I actually had a client the other day was completely auditory. She, she heard her name being called. She heard people talking around her in like accents, you know, but she never saw anything. Interesting. Right. But she had that experience. You know, some people are very kinesthetic where they maybe just feel something that's going on or a knowing Mm -hmm. that they know what's going on, even though they're not actually seeing things. Intuitive feeling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So like my first session or my first past life, um, was very visual. Yeah. 
very visual, very kinesthetic. Um, and I recently did a session um, on myself last week, and that one was more just the knowing, mm. right? I did see some images, but they were very short glimpses. It was like a flash of a scene. So I wasn't watching it like a movie. It was just like a scene, a flash. But then I would have this like really strong knowing of just what was happening, why it was happening. It was interesting because that was the first time that that had happened to me before. So that was really cool. That's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, from your experience, right, if people are curious about past lives, Mm -hmm. um, there's like tons of them, right? I mean, there's people say you can have had thousands of experience, hundreds, you know, but I mean, have you gotten to tap into quite a few? Yeah, I would say maybe six or seven at okay. this point. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's six or seven. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. And so they're so different too, yeah. which I, I always thought, Oh, you might have something similar each mm. life, but no, sometimes I'm a man. Sometimes right. I'm a woman. Sometimes I get the, the memory of being a child. Sometimes yeah. it's older. Yeah. You just yeah. really never know. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you've follow things about uh, reincarnation, you'll hear that you pick an experience. Again, these are all like theories, but right, you pick right. experiences that you need in that life for a reason. So that would fall under, you know, where you where you live, your gender, maybe how you die, you know, different relationships that you have. So it, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, really is. I'm excited really to do is. another one with you. <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Very cool. Um, well, is there anything else that you feel like you get asked a lot or that you want people to know, or, uh, I mean, anything that we haven't touched on? I, I would probably keep talking about the past life thing. That's like my, my interest, but is there anything yeah. else that people ask you or that you find really interesting about this or hypnotherapy, just anything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we covered most of it, but, um, yeah, I would say probably the most common thing is just, again, you know, can I be hypnotized? Right. right? Or, or is it possible for me? And again, your, your openness is really just, that's really the key of it. You know, it's as a hypnotherapist or even with past life, you know, it's not, it's not our job as hypnotherapists or past life regression therapists to, to prove to you that it exists, right? It's, waste of time. Right. But if you're open to it, to that modality can definitely, definitely work for you. Yeah. And if anything, I mean, I remember in the beginning of mine, just like you helped me get into a really deep, great meditative state. And I think sometimes, I mean, I, I try to meditate. I don't always do the best job we get busy and I, I strive to do it more, but even just having like the help of people like you, just to kind of remind you how to get into that state and maybe you would say things that I wouldn't think to say to my you know self mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I just remember the physical part ailment you know I was like kind of sweating and like I think I was nervous and but then I was able to really really deeply relax and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to get there on your own so even if people are looking to get tips on how to meditate and get into different states like if you're totally. curious about that this could help with that too yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and that like that that you were experiencing too. I remember that that resistance, right? And that's just, just so the <laughs> yeah, yeah. And th- and that's normal, and that's mm. totally normal, natural, and and everybody really kind of has some of that to do, mm. to one degree or another. And it's important when you're going into hypnosis because now you're you're getting past the knowns, yeah. right? You're getting past the knowns. You're going into the unknown, and that's when you kind of. 
that's where all the good stuff is, is in the yeah. unknown. It's like a catch 22. We're scared of the unknown, but that's where all the answers yeah. are. <laughs> you, can't, you can't quite look away. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a really cool experience. So if anyone is curious, um, don't be afraid and uh, you can go at your own pace. You can, mm-hmm. I think did, you can like raise your hand if it's too much or like if you did if you choose to want to do past life, you could do a death scene if you're curious, but if it's too much, you can stop. Like, you know, there are things to kind of help you and go at your comfort level, but um, highly encourage anyone who's curious, whether it would be for something that you're trying to improve in your life or a phobia or an addiction, or if you're just curious to see if maybe some past lives come through, um, I really encourage you. And Asia was great. Um, So let people know how they can find you. One. Yeah. 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 Um, you can find me. My website is asiafadlonhypnosis.com. There's tons of resources. There's actually a page on there of like over 200 things that hypnosis can help you with too. And that's yeah that's not even all of them. There's even more than that, but just to give you an idea, um, I'm on Instagram at Asia Fadlon hypnosis as well. Um, and yeah, and I would love to help anybody. I I just remembered a question too, that a lot of things that people ask me to is getting stuck in hypnosis or in Mm -hmm. a past life. Uh, That's a big fear that people have. And so you absolutely cannot, it's not even possible. You can't get stuck in hypnosis or a past life. You can't bring, you know, bad energy back or you know spirits or things that's some things that people have you know had concerns about and so um you know if at any time just going back to what you said you know if you're uncomfortable raise your hand or whatever you just open up your eyes you know you're in control the whole time i think that's a big misconception is that you're out of control but you really are in control the whole time definitely yeah and i mean for my story earlier and my ear pod like ran out I obviously was like, ah, shoot. Like I was aware of that and I was able to take them out, turn the volume up on my laptop. And then it was harder to get into back into my zone, but it it proves that I wasn't stuck in some state. So it's fascinating because you're in this deep relaxed state, but you can, you're still aware of things going on to some degree. Mm -hmm. So exactly. Exactly. Definitely. It's definitely not something to be feared. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for taking the time today. I hope people, you know, learn some new things and yes. um, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's just, there's so many different tools out there to help, whether we talked about it being something physical or a mental block or curiosity, there's many reasons to do hypnotherapy. Um, so I hope this inspires people. Um, if they're working through something or curious about something, to try it out because, you know, some people have tried regular therapy and maybe it's mm-hmm. not working for them. And none of that means it's bad or good. It's just everyone has something that will help them differently and it's worth exploring. Right. So right. Yeah. yeah. And if you're ever curious, even just the smallest bit, just remember you can't ever, nothing can ever hurt by closing yes. your eyes mm-hmm. and imagining the superior future that you want to live. So I like that. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I always say we have everything that we need within. And so you, for instance, would just be helping someone tap into that. Maybe they haven't done that before. And so they're not quite sure how to do that. And so it's nice to have like a coach or someone like you to help, help. But yes, you can always close your eyes, take a deep breath, breath and access infinite stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously things that I didn't know existed when I, had some crazy past life as Abigail, right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see what Abigail uh, wants to do next. I know, <laughs> totally. 
Um, well, thank you so much, Asia. This is really Thanks fun. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. Totally. Yeah. Hey, take care. You too. <laughs>